Amen. Hey, I forgot to announce, we also have another person, once again, took the left turn in Albuquerque uh, and ended up here from Idaho. Where are you at there? From Idaho? Idaho, someone from right front row, right in front of my eyeballs. I'm sorry, I'm blind with the lights. Hey, thanks for coming. That's right. And uh, how many times do you hear Idaho about French fries? Anything I do with potatoes? And they always make that assumption on you. Have you heard that? I get the same thing, dude, from Kansas. You know what they tell me? How's Toto? I had a nickel for every time I heard that. But hey, uh, let's move on. I don't want to whine. Uh, we are once again in our study. That's right. World religions, cults, and the occult. And uh, as we started on page one, that's all the further we got. And probably no further than we're going to get tonight, Ruth. So just let's deal with it. But anyway, so that's right. Uh, we began to take a look at a breakdown there on page one of an introduction. What are we going to cover? All right. And then we'll get into each one of these, Lord willing, in great detail. We saw Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, New Age, Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, Christian Science, Scientology, Oneness, Pentecostalism, Freemasonry, and that's right, the occult, okay? And as we begin to see there that uh, the question is, well, how did all this happen? I mean, if people just stick to the Word of God, they stick with the Bible, why do we have so many different religions? What's the big, how did all this get started, and why does it seem to keep getting worse? Well, that's the point. People veer off the Bible. We saw there the Scripture says the whole world lies under the power, that was your first blank, power of the evil one. So we took a look at that question and was, well, well, how does that happen? I mean, what do you mean they're under the sway, the power of the evil one? Well, that's what he's doing ever since since the church was born, Acts chapter 2, okay, he was defeated, he lost, but he's so stinking evil, he's seen how many people he can take with him into the lake of fire, okay? So what he does is he gets people into a false path so that they will join him in that horrible place. And the way that he does that is he gets to pollute the Bible, get people away from the Bible, twist the Bible, anything but the true, honest word of God. You're going to end up eventually with the false religion, occult, and the occult, okay, is what we saw there. Now, we've already seen last time in our introduction. Well, let's take a look at that. It boils down to what is a person's source of truth. Again, if you stick with the Bible, you'll be perfectly fine, but people don't do that. Even quote pseudo-Christian groups, you know what pseudo means? False, right, fake false. So there are not just false religions, there's fake Christianity out there. Did you know that? There's a bunch of them out there, okay? Now, when we took a look at that, that's the problem and the challenge when trying to witness to a Catholic person because they say that they hold to the Bible, but that's really not what's going on. Their source of truth, they, they would put on par equal with the Bible, also includes the Pope, okay, church councils, and the church fathers, so that means right there, three-fourths of your, quote, source of truth is from man. Man is fallible. So guess what? Is it any surprise that you get so much false teaching from that one entity? Because your source of truth is not just the Bible alone. Then we took a look at the charismatic community, and they would say, oh, yeah, we did the Bible, the Bible. But that's not really just it. They also go by their experience and, quote, I got a word from God. One of the most dangerous statements people can make today. Open your Bibles. I quoted it last time. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 18, because I want to drill this into your head, because this is a major problem in the church today. Deuteronomy 18. And let's take a look, as we saw last time, because there's people out there, I got a word from God. And, and the problem is, guess what? It doesn't come to pass. Like with the false prophecies we saw last time with Benny Hinn or, or Pat Robertson and other people say, I got a word from God, and this is what God told me this, God, and it didn't happen. Well, according to the word of God, Here's what you're supposed to do, okay, uh, with that entity. Uh, let's take a look there. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18 <clears throat> says this, uh, verse 14, I believe. It says there, the uh, nations you will dispossess, uh, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. 
okay? The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like one from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord uh, your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see this great fire anymore or we will die. If you guys remember that count, when God came down on the mountain and Moses was up there and he came back at one time, his face was shining with the glory of God and, and God, first of all, spoke from the mountain. What did the people do? Oh, Moses, you speak to us. Don't let God speak to us. We're going to die. Which tells you when you encounter the true holy presence of God, you're not rolling around on the floor, giggling, laughing with all due respect. You're not swinging from a chandelier. Oh, God. Right? So he says, okay, fine. I'll, I need to get my message across. I'll give you a prophet. Right? So he says this, the Lord said to me, what they say is good. I'll raise up from them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in <clears throat> his mouth and he will tell them everything I command them. If anyone does not listen to my words that he, uh, the prophet speaks in my name, I myself <clears throat> excuse me, will call him to account. But a prophet, listen, here we go. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be what? Put to death. You may say to yourself, well, how do we know when a message has not been spoken of the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, this is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. So why was there such a harsh penalty from God? If somebody showed up on scene, hey, I'm a prophet from God. I got a word from God. God told me to tell you God. And it didn't come to pass. Why was it such a harsh penalty? Because God doesn't lie. This book, the Bible that came from God, does not lie. And how dare you sit there and say that God who is holy, who does not lie, who does not have sin, that you got a word from him and you lied. Because it didn't come to pass. That's the acid test, right? As we saw last time, those people out there who should be belly up right now, financially broke, are still being supported by people who aren't listening to the scripture. These people have prophesied things, said that they're a prophet of God and said they got a word from God and it didn't come to pass. You should shut them off. But unfortunately, people continue. They don't stick, again, stick to the Bible. What's your source of truth? You say it's the Bible. But you say, no, but you don't understand, man. I had goosebumps in my goosebumps. Man, I cried like a baby. I don't care what your feelings are. You stick to the word of God, you're going to be led astray, right? And that's what we saw there that's going on with that aspect. Now, then we got into, uh, keep your thumb there or index finger or whatever digit you're using because we're going to go right back to it. Uh, then we saw the Christian Right? And you and I, the evangelical Christian. Now, I'm not saying the charismatics are not Christian per se, okay? Uh, but but uh, meaning that the, what I would say the evangelical Christian, right? The, the fundamental Christian, whatever you want to call it. We would say, of course, the Bible. You know, sola scriptura. We can even throw in some Latin that we don't understand. The Bible alone, right? It's not a doctrinal statement. We only follow the Bible. Well, yeah. Okay, but you get into trends we saw last time. You know, everybody's out there got a calculator. They can figure out when the end of the world comes, even though the Bible says you don't know the day nor the hour. Right? So you get on these trends. They come and go, and it's a bad witness. Lost books of the Bible. Ooh, maybe there's some sick. No, it's not. They were rejected for good reason, and they keep getting lost and then refound and then lost and refound to recycle because Christians aren't reading the Bible. Okay? Then we ended up on the non-Christian. Okay, the non-Christian, and we got as far as Nose Herodomus or Nostradamus and the Mayan 20 tell prophecy. Remember how everybody got riled up with that? Even Christians got uh, sucked into that for a while. Okay, and, uh, but the problem is it gets even worse than that. Now what we're going to deal with tonight, if I can get that far, uh, the first one is the paranormal. Okay, the paranormal, and that's with your, your ghost uh, stuff. Uh, you know, it's Aunt Vera, she spoke to me. So, no, I don't think so. That's not Aunt Vera, okay, or Uncle Larry, whoever. 
is out there. But anyway, is the paranormal, okay? Now, when it comes to paranormal ghosts, what's the premise behind a ghost? It's a deceased what? Loved one, friend, whoever, acquaintance, historic figure, Abraham Lincoln, call it what you will, okay? And they say, they're coming back to communicate with me, or I did this technique to make them communicate with me. What's the scripture say? Uh, no, when you die, you go straight into heaven if you're a Christian, or you go straight into hell if you're not. Do you come back? No, you don't, right? There's a great chasm fixed between the two. Luke 16, Job is very clear about this, that the place of no return, the place of no return, you will not return. And praise God, I don't know about you, but aren't you glad when you get to heaven, you're not going to return. <laughs> you don't get kicked out. I'm excited about that. But, anyway, but yeah, it's awesome, right? Well, guess what? It's the same thing with hell. When you're there, you're there. So these things that come, and I'm not doubting there's something that didn't appear in your bedroom or you heard something or felt something. I'm not doubting that. It doesn't mean it's from the Spirit of God. The Scripture uses the term that is what's called a familiar spirit. It is a demon who is trying to trick you into acting like your loved one or so-and-so, to lead you away, what's the ultimate goal? Away from the Bible. Because they got to get you away from the Bible. You can be duped, you can be deceived, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're way off in left field. You'll never, hopefully, and they'll keep it up until you uh, uh, take your last breath, and then you go to hell. That's who we have to deal with. Now go back to Deuteronomy 18, and let's see what the Bible says. Again, if you stick with the Bible, you're safe. You don't get it sucked into all this baloney. But let's take a look at Deuteronomy 18. What does the Bible have to say about trying to, quote, communicate with the dead, okay? Uh, let's take a look there. Detestable practices, uh, verse 9. God says this, When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways, notice this detestable to God, of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire. What in the world's going on there? Well, there was a God out there at that time, an idol, false little g, okay, <clears throat> who was called Molech. Okay, and if you do the research on the Molech God, it's just this basic big old giant uh, uh, idol, okay, that was hollow inside. They would heat it up uh, inside so it would become piping red hot, right? And the people would sacrifice. They'd throw their kids into Molech's arm, into his arms, into the flames, literally alive, to sacrifice your kids in the fire. That's what he's talking about there, okay? Why? So that they can, for personal uh, uh, gain and things of that nature, Right, that this idol, Moloch, was supposed to give them if they did the ultimate sacrifice. And it's a good thing that we see nobody doing that with their children today, that they will literally sacrifice them, kill them for personal gain. Yeah, it runs with Planned Parenthood. Excuse me? It's exactly what's going on today. God says that is absolutely detestable. Uh, how in the world could you do that? He says this. He says, uh, now, uh, in the fire, who practices also divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or cast spells, or who's a what? Medium, or spiritist, or who consults with the what? Dead, okay? Anyone who does these things is what? Acceptable by God. Man, these people are so spiritual, you must listen to them. I'm sorry, wrong translation. Uh, they are detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive those nations out before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Why? Because God wants us to know the truth. He wants us to be set free. His truth sets us free in salvation, praise God, but continue to study his truth that's found in the Bible. You cannot be led astray. So stay away from that, right? Anybody ever learn the hard way from your mom and dad? They have good reasons, typically, for telling you not to do something but as a kid you're convinced there's a conspiracy here you're out to get me and ruin my fun right no right okay but sure enough you had to do the thing you learned the hard way didn't you 
And it's the same thing with God. Listen, right? Just don't go there. Don't mess with this occult stuff. Don't try to speak with the dead. I don't care what people say. I don't care what you hear. I don't care what your friends think. I don't care how many shows are on TV about it. Don't do it. You got good reasons, right? Why wouldn't you do it? Because you are messing with things you don't want to mess with. Now, they get into different ways. Uh, in, in fact, let me share with you one story real quick. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Of a Christian, told you that this was last week, uh, who did do this, right? There's a lot of different ways. You know, you guys know my background out of the occult and new age and things of that nature. I'm telling you, have been there, done that. You don't want to mess with this stuff. But this is a Christian who knew better, but he started flirting with this stuff, he and his wife. It's a guy named Josh. I knew him when I was pastor in New York. Uh, he's in Louisiana, and he, just, he emailed me uh, last year, and this is his email to me. And he said, he pleaded with me. He said, Pastor Billy, you've got to get this out to the people, Christians. He said this. It was, it was in February. My wife and I were changed forever. Several years ago, I began a quest, not a godly one, but one of self-fulfillment. Uh, I've been raised a, a Baptist from a very young age, and I went to church services regularly, but something was always missing in, in my life. I'd always been and, and still have been a very observant person, and I, I started to question the fake people that I came in contact with the church. Does that happen? Yeah, nope, not everybody goes to church services as a Christian any more than sitting in a hen house makes you a chicken. That is so hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rework that, Bobby. Let's start a new trend. We're talking about trends. This is a good trend. Going to a church service doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a barn makes you a cow. You got to be born again. That's much better. Let's move on. All right, I digress. Fake people. Right, he came across these fake people, turned them away. That happens, unfortunately, today. He said the church seemed to be made up of people who were more members of a club than a group of people who had been saved. And these people occupied the pews every Sunday. Their presence outweighed the good people and built a resentment in me that I could not escape. Lord, Lord, on Sundays you'd hear from them, but their behavior denied him the rest of the week. You get the picture. So I started questioning my faith, and I started looking into New Age occult practices. I stopped going to church services. I lived a life for me, and then I indulged, because he's still interested in spiritual things, right? He says, so I indulged in the, quote, afterlife, daily programming, shows such as ghost adventures, ghost hunters, a paranormal entity, ghost lab, pretty much anything to do with the afterlife I could get, and I would record it on my DVR, and my weekend was set. That was his church, okay? He says, now I knew that God's law forbids us going such places for our own protection, but like most defiant children, sometimes we learn things the hard way. Eventually, I convinced my wife to try this new EVP experiment, or electronic voice phenomenon. We saw him do it on TV, so how bad could it be? In all caps, he says, I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> he said, I was get, it was getting kind of late. My wife and I proceeded to bed, and then all of a sudden, I heard a whisper say, there are two. And then it mentioned both of our names. Immediately, I nudged my wife, asking if she was whispering something. She said, no. Needless to say, we both turned pale white. Who is this? Why are they saying our names? Is this, is this a, a relative? We left the recording alone for about a week until curiosity got the best of us. My wife had even thought that this could possibly be her aunt because, after all, her aunt is the only one that called her by her full name. Hmm, as if a demon was never around to ever once in her lifetime hear her do that. That's the deception. They do the same thing today, right? They say, well, I've got to listen to this psychic because didn't you see that police show? They used a psychic and they found that body, so they've got the source of truth. I don't need the Bible. I've got to listen... Who do you think was around when the murder was committed? A demon? 
course they're going to know where the body's at. There's nothing supernatural about that. All right. He says, so I determined to see if this was a relative. So he turned the recorder back on and proceeded to ask if someone was there. I started to hear a slow, deep moan, but I thought it, it might be coming from me. So I told us to get louder, and to my surprise, it got very loud. So in a state of panic, I shut off the recorder, told my wife that was no relative, and in my head, I hoped I didn't do something I was going to regret. Then my wife screams as she's looking at the ground in the living room, and two of the four ornaments that are on the coffee table are now on the ground in a perfect straight line. We're speechless, frozen, and terrified all at the same time. How is this possible? But more importantly, what have we done? Well, nothing happens for about 10 minutes, and we're still in a state of panic. When I walk into the kitchen, and what I see next terrifies me. There were multiple items, salt, uh, pepper shakers, items we just bought from the grocery store, ornaments on the microwave, either stacked up on one or another, uh, or moved to a different location that both we knew was not there before. Then all of a sudden, one of the wooden coasters flies off the end of the table, shoots straight for the front door, smashes into the door, making an ear-piercing sound in all caps, earth-shattering terror does not even begin to explain the emotions we were going through. Nothing can describe this feeling. It's the most helpless feeling I had ever felt. So, my wife immediately calls the pastor of the church we had attended. You get those calls. And even as she is telling what happened, okay, this thing has now moved into our bedroom. My wife's uh, five large candles that sit on her dresser were all placed in different locations on our bed. Uh, then out of nowhere, this thing starts clinging to me. I could feel its cold grasp on my body with this, uh, this pushing feeling on my chest, making it hard to breathe. But suddenly I'm uh, enveloped with this horrible feeling of pure terror. Uh, I made eye contact with my Bible in the room and instantly I'm overtaken with an instinctive mentality to fight. Notice he's turned to God. So I walked over and I reached for my Bible and I cry out to God and like a light switch, I feel the pressure come off my left arm and it slowly comes off the rest of my body until it was no longer on me. It wants to stay, but I won't let it. I don't remember what I said exactly after that, but all I remember is that when I reached for my Bible, I knew God had my back. And what he showed me next changed our lives forever. He said, first and foremost, that was not a relative. <laughs> he said, God showed me in a single instant that God's revelation of the supernatural is for him and him alone. In other words, don't go there. We just read that. You got to learn the hard way. Don't do it, but it does exist. And also that everything in life we need is contained for us in the Bible. Since when is the Bible not good enough for us? You want to learn about spiritual things? Stick with the Bible. Since when is that not good enough? It's our guide, our sword, our protector from the sins of the world. Needless to say, my Bible goes with me now everywhere. I read it, I'm learning it, and it's provided for me what I had wanted for so long, a relationship with God. My message to everyone who reads this, hears this, watches this, is God is real, salvation is real, but Satan and his parasitic demons are also real, and the Roman out there just waiting for you to let your guard down. They will stop at nothing to lead you astray because they want your soul. That's how evil they are. That's who we have to deal with. And anything you do, notice what it is, anything and everything but the Bible. A lot of people get interested in spiritual things. But the enemy takes that desire, gets them off track. Unfortunately, even Christians get sucked into that. So that's some of the paranormal stuff. Uh, but this paranormal stuff has been going on for a long time. The enemy's, uh, you know, nothing's new under the sun. He just repackages it, okay? Back in the day, believe it or not, even kings, there were certain uh, governments, you think it's just the individual, no governments, countries, kings, rulers, they would seek, uh, and still do today, by the way, if you do some of the research, some of these people in high ups and places around the world, they are heavy duty into the occult. 
Okay, uh, but uh, they, they're one of the big ones uh, was what was called the Oracle of Delphi. Okay, you guys ever heard of that? Let me explain to that, okay? Uh, for many centuries, people went to this supposed source of prophetic truth, and it all started one day when a goat herder noticed his sheep acting strange uh, after they peered into a particular chasm. There was a big split in the ground there, okay? It turned out that there were, I'm not making this up, there were gaseous vapors coming out of this particular chasm that caused the sheep to become agitated and frantic. Soon, these brain-altering vapors were dubbed as a divine source of inspiration, and other people began inhaling the vapors so they could prophesy. And what they actually did, I kid you not, if you do the research, is over this, you got this crack in the ground, right? And these vapors are coming up, like, it's just poisonous gas, right? Mind-altering gaseous stuff, right? And they set up this tripod-looking device, and then they would put this thing in here like a seat, and then the Oracle of Delphi would sit here, and just inhale the gas fumes and get a word. And people would come and pay the or king's rule. Should I invade, you know, Greece? Should I? I'm big guys. What? How many guys, you know what? I tell you what, you know, life's rough and you really need some really good wisdom. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you, heard, you heard in the bulletin, the prayer request, you know, uh, pray for Bobby's place. You know, they're running on propane, and there's a leak in the propane tank. Uh, but all of a sudden, Bobby has, for some strange reason, only when he's in his backyard where the propane tank is, he's, he's feeling inspired to give fresh words from God. And you're going to run right over there because you are convinced that's where... These people are sucking up gas. And you're going to go to them instead of God for a word. See, the gas, all the gas does is it puts you into an altered state of consciousness okay there's many different ways to get into an altered state of consciousness right when you get into an altered state of consciousness you're not just quote taking a trip you are opening up spiritual doors okay there's many different ways you it's not just sucking up gas that's one way okay you can also do it with drugs period put your uh, been there done that you know you think you're taking a trip yeah you're taking a trip on the spiritual side you're opening up spiritual doors you don't want to mess with right Okay, uh, they've done the same thing, drugs, alcohol, uh, and these are the uh, techniques that the um, cults and the occult uh, mystery religions do the same thing. Uh, repetitive uh, speech, right? When you have the Hare Krishnas, when they speak their mantras over and over and over and over and over again, it literally gets you into an altered state of consciousness. Repetitive moving, repetitive singing and moving at the same time. You know any church services that do that for a long time? And you start to feel, hey. You think it's the Spirit of God. Don't know. All I know is, listen, you might be getting tricked into getting into an altered state of consciousness. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a spiritual experience. I'm not discounting that you don't feel something spiritual. It doesn't mean it's from the Spirit of God. And you better stick with the Word of God. Okay? But this, that's what these guys would do. Another one uh, back in the day, okay, is what's called automatic writing. Okay? And here's how that one was. This is their supposed source of truth. Uh, is uh, the occult used this by which a writer, without the use of their will, uh, was taken over subconsciously by a spirit who then causes the writer to write down words on a piece of paper that they're completely oblivious to. And people say, well, that's acceptable because isn't that how the Bible came to us? Inspired of God. And that's not biblical inspiration. Biblical inspiration says they were carried along, that's what the word means, by the Holy Spirit. Right? To use the analogy, it's like uh, God used their personality. These guys were not in some wigged out trance sucking up gas. Right? 
They were just like you and I, guys, and God was using their personalities. They knew what they were doing. They weren't in some funky trance, right? And God used them, okay? He was steering the whole thing, just like you can be on a ship, but the wind is really steering the ship, okay? doesn't mean you're some weird, right? That's not biblical inspiration. And I shared the story with you before. I remember when I first got saved, this came in from a charismatic influence. I had a guy come up to me, and he was so stinking excited, man, because this new wave of the Spirit. And isn't there always some new wave of the Spirit? That same new, a fresh wind, fresh this, fresh that, fresh. Since when is this not fresh? Since when did this become unfresh? But oh no, see, that's what the enemy does. And get, you, get away from here, get away from here, get away from here. That's, not, that's, that's, that's boring. This new thing. It's where it's at. This is where you're going to grow. This is where you're going to find out the real truth. And then you can look at people with one eye, squinted, acting spiritual with your mouth. <laughs> with something they don't know. And you look down on them because they don't have what you have. And they're, oh, 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 it's called pride. But anyway, so he, he had this thing, and it was just, he showed me these reams of paper. And it was just like somebody like, went like this, like, hey, dude, chill out on the coffee. <laughs> And this was supposed to be, I just got, came fresh out of New Age with this automatic writing stuff, right, Nicole? And he said, oh, this is the new thing, the Spirit of God, right? It's just, and then this lady got the interpretation. I said, dude, nobody can read this because it scribbles. You're just making it up. So it's cult that people slap Christian ease on it. That doesn't make it Christian. It comes into the church. Another thing that's going to the uh, church right now that charismatic group, and again, I don't, I'm here just to pick on the charismatic. I've got a lot of great charismatic friends, and I'm not saying they're not Christians, but when you get away from the Bible, we can do the same thing with our trends, with the lost books, and all this other stuff going on. Okay, I'm not just picking on them, but listen, when you get away from the Bible, anybody, you get this weird stuff. And one of the things that's going on right now, okay, believe it or not, we just read Deuteronomy 18, right? What are you supposed to do with the dead? Don't mess with them. But here's it, you get away from the Bible, and apparently that's too bad. Is it, it's this term out there, I don't know if you've seen this, it's called grave sucking. Have you heard of that one? Okay. Uh, later, if you want to get my notes, I got some actual photographs here. Uh, grave sucking uh, is this, okay? The guy writes the article, says, when I first heard of grave sucking, I assumed it must be a joke. I mean, surely nobody would buy into something so silly. Well, it's for real. Grave sucking or mantle grabbing, you know, sounds biblical. Uh, is the belief and the practice of pulling the supposed Holy Spirit powers from the dead bones of a previously empowered believer. It is taught that when the Spirit-empowered individual dies, their mantle or mission dies with them. In other words, God's mission for that believer is thwarted when the believer died. What? God's sovereign. Nobody beats God. What kind of baloney is this? Okay, and then they say this. Well, see, because maybe that believer had the gift of healing. Maybe they were apostle, prophet, or evangelist, okay, assuming they even had that stuff, but whatever. Uh, but now God's plans, they say, for that particular anointing have been placed on hold. So how do, how, how, listen, how does God's plans get back on track? Because this person died. <laughs> well, they must find a way, believers must find a way to retrieve the mantle or anointing from the rotting corpse six feet under. Okay, and only then can we get God's plans back on track. This is achieved by placing our hands on the gravestone of the deceased or lying on top of the grave. Here's the actual photographs of people doing this. This is a charismatic practice today. And you wonder why the world looks at us and says, you guys are whacked. I'm not listening to you. Okay, and place it on the grave or deceased uh, person, whatever, and lying on top of the grave. Sometimes a prayer will be offered to God to aid in this uh, perceived power transfer. 
okay? And again, basically the premise is that somehow that when they lay on the grave, lay hands on the grave, that they'll get this person's anointing. And then finally, God's mission can continue on, Bobby. You've got to be kidding me. Since when did the Bible become old? You get away from the Bible, you go to experience, man. Enemies having a heyday with these people. What's the scripture say about the dead? Are you supposed to lay on top of their grave? Are you supposed to suck anything from them? Are you kidding me? It's nuts. Benny Hinn, shocker, claims that he felt the anointing of the mystic Amy Simple McPherson on her grave. This is a direct quote from him again. I felt a terrific anointing when I was there. Okay, I trembled when I visited Amy's tomb. I was shaking all over. God's power came all over me. Are you sure that was from God? I believe the anointing had lingered over Amy's body. What's the scripture say? When you die, absent from the body is to linger over the grave until Benny Hinn shows up. Sorry, wrong translation. Absent from the body, 2 Corinthians 5.8, is to be present with the Lord. Right? That's what the Bible says. Again, stick with the Bible. Guess what? You see right through this stuff. Right? So he says, I know this may be shocking to you, he says, uh, uh, but I've heard people healed when they visited that tomb. They were totally healed by God's power. You say, what a crazy thing. Uh, brother, there are things we'll never understand. Are you hearing me? No, I'm not. Are you hearing God's word? Don't do that. That's detestable to God. You are leading people astray. Knock it off. And how dare people continue to support these ideas, these ministries, with all due respect. How, how, how does this keep going on? It's absolutely nuts. But again, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to lead you astray with that. Again, channeled messages. And then we're going to move on to hopefully the final one. Channeled messages, right? And this is for those of you who can't afford cable, right? This is, no, <laughs> turn this channel off, okay? This is back in my uh, stomping grounds as a new ager, man. And this was the new term to contact. Now, of course, you're not going to say a demon, right? Because people would freak out. Right? He's going, hey, I want to show you this altered uh, 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 state of consciousness technique so that you will actually uh, communicate with an actual demon who will possess you. Yoo! Nobody's going to do that. I hope not. Except when it gets really dark, you, they do. Been there, done that. Okay, so but anyway, so, uh, but, uh, so typically they, have, they, they change the terminology. And you've heard the term, higher power, spirit guide. Transmitter of the light, whatever it is, right? It's anything but a demon. It's a demon. That's all it is, right? But again, you channel them. What are you doing? It's a medium, a spiritist. What's God say about that practice? We just read the text. Detestable. Stay away. Don't do that, man. You're opening up demonic doors. And there's different ways you can do it. Certainly, back in the day, of course, there were drugs and all that stuff. I remember doing that because that was a way you're supposed to commune with the gods little g's out there and all the stuff and 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 all that stuff and the spirit guys and all that stuff and yeah you'll make connection with something but it ain't from god okay but that's not the only way there's also meditation breathing exercises you see that going rampant in schools today right people doing a yogurt i mean yoga and all that weird funky stuff we talked about that before we're going to hit this again when we get into hinduism and if I, we can get there one night we're going to deal with one whole night just on yoga Okay, and we're going to hopefully look at a study by Carol Matriciana, one of the great apologists in the country, and uh, she's going to expose that baloney, okay? Because I'm telling, I don't know how many Christians, I mean, they put Christianese on it. Look at church's websites. Holy yoga. Holy smokes, Batman. What are you talking about? That's not from God, right? But oh, it's got to be Christian because it's, oh, what? It's unholy. 
As we saw before, yoga means yoke. It means to yoke yourself with these practices because, again, these practices, these exercises are actually getting you into an altered state of consciousness to commune, yoke yourself, yoga, yoke yourself to the Hindu deities, the demons. That's what it's for. It's a death dance. Well, I just do it to get in shape. How about some jumping jacks? <laughs> Woo! Push-ups. Why does it have to be an occult practice? Hey, exercise all you want. Why does it got to be that? You got to be kidding me. Okay, but anyway, so you get into an altered state of consciousness, breathing exercises, all that kind of stuff, okay, and you do make connection. But it's not from God. Okay, it's very popular. Kids are being taught these meditation techniques. And by the way, meditation is not the same thing as biblical prayer. Paul says, I pray with my mind. Yeah, I pray with my spirit, but also my mind. Meditation, the whole goal of meditation is to empty your mind. Nirvana, the state of, you know, you want to achieve nothingness. How's that for a goal in life? I want to achieve nothing. <laughs> what? Right? But meditation is not prayer. You use your mind. You're cognizant. You're not in some altered, right? But people are trying to blend that into the church. And you better be careful, okay? But uh, that is uh, some of the different ways that you get into the paranormal. Now, very quickly to finish out our study, uh, and maybe we'll get a blank in. I want to deal with the other one because this is really duping people. Now, I'm just going to give you a little teaser tonight. I'm just going to hit the little highlights of this. Lord willing, when we get into the new age section, we're going to go down deep on this. And that's another big lie. That's one of the biggest deceptions on the planet right now. And that is UFOs and aliens. Doo -doo -doo. Doo -doo -doo. There you go. Had to put that second part in there, right? UFOs and aliens. You might think, well, Pastor Billy, I don't need to get equipped with that. That's just those people on the far. No, it's not the far fringe anymore. Listen to this. More people right now, two polls have come out in the United States of America. More people believe in aliens than they do in God. Okay, more people believe that aliens have visited planet Earth than that Jesus is the Son of God. Can I translate that for you, Christian? Like it, lump it, leave it or not, you and I need to get equipped on this issue because it has become a new religion for our culture. More people today believe that aliens are going to save them, not God. That's the facts. So let's get equipped. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. And we're going to see seven really quick reasons why I truly believe uh, that UFOs and aliens, the ones that are not experimental aircraft, I really think that most of the things that people are seeing, 95%, I put up a high number, are frankly experimental aircraft as you turn to John chapter 8. Uh, and I put that disclaimer out there because, unfortunately, I think people have no clue of how advanced our technology really is. And so you're seeing something weird. It might even be triangle-shaped. And with lights, I get all that. It doesn't mean it's a true, quote, UFO in this sense. What I'm talking about is that element that cannot be explained away as a hoax or an experimental aircraft because it acts more spiritual in nature. Well, whose spirit is it coming from? John chapter 8. Let's take a look there. John chapter 8, verse 42. All right, Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I'm now here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the what? The devil. Oh, hey, wait a second. So if somebody's not belonging to God, who do they belong to? So there is no middle ground, isn't there? Have you ever heard that? You have conversations with people? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Well, I haven't made up my mind to be a Christian yet, you know, because I don't want to be wacky like Bobby or Reed. Right? And they kind of freak me out. Oh, that's Christian stuff. But I'm not a Satanist either. I'm not... Excuse me, you belong to God or you belong? He's already got you, right? You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a what? 
murder from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth to him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Listen, for he is a liar and the what? Father of all lies. Okay, so ultimately trace it back down. If we could be there at that moment, the inception to that first person that started the lie somewhere on the planet, whatever the lie is, ultimately, who's the source of that lie? Satan, some sort of demonic entity, right? Okay, he's the father of all lies, okay? Now, when it comes to UFOs, you start examining, you say, oh, of course you Christians go say it's all demon. Anything you disagree with is deep. Let's just deal with the facts. Let's put this together, right? And the first one uh, is because these guys, they lie. They lie like a demon, right? It's not from God. It can't be from God because God doesn't lie. Now, first of all, the whole premise of UFOs and aliens is built on a lie, and that lie we covered for 42 weeks, who's counting I am, okay, uh, called evolution, right? And what's the whole premise? They supposedly show up from some other universe or galaxy, and what do they say, right? We are here to help you and assist you. We are a higher evolved race of intelligent be- Whoa, whoa, wait a second. If evolution is not true and nothing can evolve, how can you be a higher evolved anything? So right out of the gates, you just lied to me. First flag. If evolution can't happen on this planet, and it can't, it's not going to happen on any planet. If evolution isn't going to happen, it's not going to happen anywhere. You're lying to me. Right out of the gates, you're lying to me who you are. Who lies? Satan, demons, right? Second thing, what they do is they lie. They lie about their technology. If you look in history, different reports, different people at different times report different uh, aircrafts, if you will. And believe it or not, as recently as the late 1800s, okay, when these critters would show up on the scene, okay, you know what they would appear as? I kid you not. A blimp. And then the blimp would just be like a blimp, and then they would have portholes, just like you, know, you see on the saucer-shaped ones today, and now they're triangle-shaped, as, again, as technology has advanced. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, and they actually told those people, Hi! In this blimp, we've come from Mars. Really? You flew from Mars on a blimp. Now, why did they appear as a blimp back then? Because that's all the farther they had the technology back then to fly in the sky. And then why is it 60 years later you're more of the classical metal, still they've got the portholes, right? Again, the ones that weren't experimental aircraft. Okay, why do you look like that? Because guess what? By then, our technology had advanced to that stage. Why today have you even gone from that and you're more of the triangle thing? Because look at a lot of our aircraft, the experimental ones, at least the one they're letting out of the bag, looks the same thing. You're mimicking people's technology. So did your technology really evolve that fast, quote-unquote, to use your term, uh, traveled from Mars on a blimp, and in 60 years, you advanced to a saucer shape? Man, you are smart. Or are you lying? You're lying about your whole premise, your identity, and you're lying, and you're changing yourself to repackage a lie to a whole new generation with a different technology. The second reason why they lie is because they, they, uh, they're demons is because they teach like demons, Right? They propagate these lies. Now, let me give you just, and these are actual channeled messages. We'll get to that in a second. Channel messages, okay, uh, from the Space Brothers, whatever, and they all, you know, from the star system Pleiades or wherever they're supposed to be from, okay? And here's basically in a nutshell, and again, Lord willing, later when we get to New Age, we'll get into this much deeper, but I got to rip through this real quick. Here's what they come all the way across the universe to tell us. This is their desperate message to aid mankind. All of us are little gods. Does the Bible teach that? No. The earth is a living entity, and we need to worship her and change our ways, or we will be destroyed. Does the Bible say that? No. Romans chapter 1 says that's why the wrath of God is being revealed, because you worship created things, including the earth, instead of the creator. 
Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, and all came from the extraterrestrials to assist mankind in our next step of evolution. Did Jesus come from an alien? No. Believe it or not, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that. We'll get to that, Lord one, some other time. Uh, there is no such thing as sin, and we don't need to be saved. Orthodox Christianity, notice it's always just Christianity. Orthodox Christianity has it all wrong. Jesus' real message was to teach us that each one of us can become Christ's. Uh, to aid in contacting these heavenly beings, one should refrain from certain foods and practice meditation. Mankind needs to unite in a one-world government, a one-world religion, under a one-world ruler, or we will be destroyed. And I'm not making this up. I remember reading this with my own eyes more than once back in the New Age days. They come all the way across the universe to teach us, Tom, that the devil or Lucifer is actually a good guy who's got a bad rap, and he's here to free us. Let's throw all this together. Let's examine it. So you come all the way across the universe uh, to promote the rise of the Antichrist, support New Age occult teachings, and debunk only Christianity. And Satan's a good guy. Excuse me? What, what's that sound like? I mean, if you're really here an intelligent being uh, from another galaxy and you're so smart and technologically advanced, how about a cure for cancer, right? Fix the energy. Hey, we need some water here in the desert, but no. Just to slam specifically Jesus, specifically salvation, specifically the Bible and the biblical God. That smells fishy. Now, I talked about, I got these from a channel message. The third way is because they communicate like demons, okay? They communicate like demons. Uh, demons, okay? And again, in Deuteronomy 18, what's it say? Don't do that. Don't get into a medium, a spiritist. Don't get yourself into an altered state of consciousness because that's not from God. And you stir all this together. It's like, wait a second, okay? This is how I get to communicate with you? Now again, what's the premise? Who are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be this technologically advanced entity thing, whatever you are, right? Super duper science, technology, and all that stuff, okay? But the only way that I can communicate with you, how you actually encourage me to communicate with you, to get this higher knowledge that I desperately need to have, is I have to get into an altered state of consciousness. I need to let you take over over my vocal cords and speak through me. That's it. I mean, you think if you were really technologically advanced, right, you could beam me down a walkie-talkie. How about tap into my cell phone? I mean, the NSA does it. Surely you could do it, right? I mean, come on, please. How about a text message, right? Hey, how about one of those nifty devices that we see on Star Trek? Kirk Enterprise, Kirk Enterprise. How about one? No, the only way I can talk to you is through an occult practice that God forbids. That's kind of weird. The fourth way that we know you're dealing with a demonic source is they travel like demons, okay? And again, very quickly, we see how demons are fallen angels. There's two categories of angels. You've got fallen and unfallen. You've got holy angels from God. You've got unholy angels, i.e. demons, okay? The scripture tells us how angels, including fallen angels, travel. And what they do is we saw in 2 Kings uh, 6, if you remember that passage, when Elijah, the servant, was there, right? And he's freaking out, and, and uh, the army was physically around them coming to get him, and he's freaking out. And Elijah says, God, would you open his eyes to see what's really going on out there? And he opened his eyes, and he saw the hills full of God's angels. And it's, in other words, don't freak out. God's, you know. And so God opened his eyes to that spirit realm. You see angels, when they appear on the scene, right? They appear on the scene, they pop in, they pop out. Next, they're there, they're eating, there's a physical form to them, and then they just disappear. They're here, they're there, materialized, dematerialized. Guess how these critters travel? Spaceships, in their spaceships, even outside their spaceship, exact same way. They clock them at speeds of 15,000 miles an hour, making a right turn, which would destroy anything physical. They make no sonic boom like a physical object does. Radar has never recorded a UFO coming into our atmosphere. They just pop on the scene. They're just right there. You don't ever say, hey, here they come, Bobby, right around the 
dark side of the moon. There's a whole fleet of them. Hey, Sally, did you hear the news? They're coming. They'll be here in two days, four hours, and 19 seconds. Who's counting? NASA is. Uh, the Jupiter, there's a whole bunch of them coming, and we're going to be prepared. It's never any of that. They just pop into the scene, pop back out. Okay? Secular researchers say there is no evidence, secular research, no evidence yet that any of these spacecraft or beings originate from outer space. Jacques Vallée, one of the big top guys in this, he says they're not coming from outer space, they're coming from inner space, they're coming from another dimension. The Bible talks about another dimension, it's called the spirit realm, and that's where the angels, including the fallen angels, travel. They pop in, they pop out. The fifth one is they possess possessed like demons. See, ultimately what these things want to do is they want to not only take over your vocal cords and speak through you, they want to inhabit your body. Now again, they're not going to show up saying, hey, hi, we're a demon. <laughs> I know they want to speak through you. I want to now completely inhabit your body and take over all functions. Nobody's going to do that typically, right? So they change the terminology. And back in the day, in the new age days, uh, they would use this term called walk-in. Don't you want to be a walk-in? Don't you want to be a star child? That's another term. Star seed, all this. Oh, that sounds so awesome. Oh, I feel great. My self-esteem's through the roof. Right? It's demonic possession. It's full-blown demonic possession. And then when you look at people who have encounters with these things, okay, they typically do one of three things. They go deeper into the occult new age. This is secular research. Three things people typically do when they have an actual uh, encounter. Physically. They go deeper into the occult or new age. Shocker. You're getting steered away from God. So what a demon does, they kill themselves, commit suicide. Who's a murderer and has been one from the beginning? We just read it. Satan. And they go insane and become, and they start to act like they're demonically possessed. Right? Also, typically, sometimes when these things show up on the scene, you know what, elves? There's, there's a smell. Yep. There's a smell that appears on the scene. It smells like sulfur. Sulfur. That's weird because Revelation 19, this is not the only place, says that, and the two of them, the false beasts, the uh, false uh, 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 prophet and the Antichrist, the beast, are thrown into the lake of fire, quote, of burning sulfur. <laughs> not copper, not cheeseburgers, not even stale milk. But of all things, for these things to smell like when they show up on a scene is the very same stench of the lake of fire. That's kind of weird. Anybody think about that? You guys are just being hypocrites, right? You Christians always blame stuff on demons you don't understand. What? And this one, I don't know how you get around this, okay? Uh, sixth one is your re they're rebuked like a demon, okay? Secular researchers, again, say that there's one way on record 100% of the time, 100% of the time, 100% of the time, sure far away, every single time to get rid of these critters that they actually do show up. And it's when you, guess what? That's right, rebuke them, not in the name of Muhammad, not in the name of confused one or Confucius, whatever you want to call him, not even those Herodamas. You don't even suck a grave. You don't do any of that stuff. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, you command them to leave, and they do. Every time. What's that sound like? Real quick, I, and we'll get into more testimonies later, Lord willing, but one lady, her name is Christine, I interviewed her personally in Oregon on this topic, and she talked about these entities that came onto her farm there in Oregon, and uh, she, she got backed up and, uh, uh, and couldn't run, and here they come, there's three of them, she said, and looked like the classic grays and all that stuff, and she rebuked them in the name of Jesus Christ. She said they not only flee, they flee so fast, they were tripping over each other, running away in the name of Jesus Christ. What do you think that is? Now, all this you're going, well, let's see, let's stir this all together. Uh, what do we got here? So if it walks like a demon, talks like a demon, travels like a demon, acts like a demon, smells like a demon, possesses like a demon, is rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ like a demon, what do you think you're dealing with here? 
demons. Now you're going, well, why would they do this? Is it just got nothing better to do? Ha <laughs> ha, tricked you. No, it's leading to the ultimate one. There's a reason for this, okay? And it is the perfect excuse in the last days to explain away the rapture of the church. Because this is where it's going. I'll never forget when I was a brand new Christian in Bible college, I knew nothing about Bible prophecy or the rapture or anything, seven-year tribulation, none of that stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear about this event that the Bible says that people, specifically only God's people, the church, is going to be raptured out of here, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, right? After that, we who are still alive are left up, caught up together, raptura, harpazo in the Greek there, snatching and catching away, caught up together with him, Jesus, in the clouds, and so we will be with the Lord forever. So that prior to the seven-year tribulation, God is going to take his people out of this planet, okay, just like he took Noah and his family above the judgment of the waters. This isn't the first time, right? And that we're going to be above it all as God pours out his wrath for seven years in the seven-year tribulation. And then I'm, I'm going, whoa, 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 wait a second, because I remember reading in the New Age days, you sneaky boogers. You sneaky boogers, this is where you're leading to. Because I remember back in the day, they used to get people's minds to explain, no, it wasn't God. Because here you have a global event, you can't spin this thing away. When the rapture happens, you can't hide it. It's a global event, you can't hide it. I don't care what you say, you can say, well, maybe they're on aisle 14 in Walmart. People get lost there all the time. I haven't found my uncle in nine years. No, that's not, they're not gonna buy that. So you better come up with some really good excuse. Put this all together. It wasn't God. It was the aliens, Tom. Aliens got him in the UFOs, beamed him up. Now, I'm going to share with you some actual quotes, channeled messages. Listen to what they're saying. Uh, Barbara Marciniak, she's one of the biggest uh, New Age authors out there. These entities, supposedly from Pleiades, here's what they said. There will be great shiftings within humanity on this planet. It will seem that great chaos and turmoil are forming, that nations are rising against each other in war, that earthquakes are happening more frequently. <gasps> They've got some divine knowledge. No, read the Bible. It's Matthew 24. It's been there for 2,000 years. You don't have no new information here, right? But anyway, uh, earth is shaking itself free. A certain realignment or adjustment period is to be expected. Quote, the people who leave the planet during the time of earth changes do not fit here any longer. And they're stopping the harmony of the earth. When the time comes that perhaps 20 million people leave the planet at one time, there will be a tremendous shift in consciousness for those who are remaining. You betcha there will be. Whoa. Chandler uh, Thelma Terrell, she wrote a book called Project World Evacuation. These aliens told her. Mankind will be lifted, levitated, we shall say, by the beams of our smaller ships. These smaller craft will in turn taxi the persons to larger ships overhead, higher in the atmosphere, where there is ample space and quarters and supplies for millions of people. The great evacuation will come upon the world very suddenly. The flash of emergency events will be as lightning flashes across the sky. Notice how they pepper it with biblical terminology to suck you in. So it's, it's not God, it's aliens. It's a good thing that Hollywood hasn't prepared our minds to visualize this scenario. How many movies are out there like sucking people up and that's the bad alien? We're already envisioning that. So if you were there and you actually, I don't know, the rapture could happen just like that and it's gone in a blink and we're gone. Maybe it's an actual physical thing like in Acts chapter one when Jesus went into the sky. They literally watched him in the sky. So maybe it's something like that. But as people start, if it's like that and people go up, Hollywood's done a fantastic job. Aliens. And then they'll get you to think that you were left behind. Whew, they almost got me but I escaped. You just entered the seven-year tribulation. What? 
On and on it goes, okay? And again, all it's going to take is for somebody. Again, what's, what's mankind's, um, what's our, our psychological makeup? In a time of crisis, especially like this, a global crisis, your loved ones disappeared, this happened all over the planet. I mean, human nature is we're going to gravitate towards any old lame excuse. We'll, we'll start to go, well, maybe they did get lost at Walmart, just to maintain sanity, right? But think about this. This is a brilliant plan. This is, talk about deceit, deceit, deceit. This one's been working on for the last 150 years since the lie of Charles Darwin and evolution because you have to buy into the lie of evolution and it has to spread around the planet before you do stage two and that is the lie of aliens from another world to ultimately get to stage three and explain away the rapture. And what was the first thing Jesus said when the disciples says, tell us what's gonna be the sign of your coming and the end of the age before he talked about earthquakes, famines, pestilence, any of that stuff, the first thing out of Jesus' mouth is he says, watch out that no one deceives you. It's going to be a time and a level of deceit you can't even dream of. And that's why, yes, we are going to make one blank. Uh, it says here, that's why, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Why? Because there are many false prophets that have gone out in the world. By this you know that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit. Turn to somebody. Give him a high five and a piece of gum if you got it. You got a blank. The Spirit of the Antichrist. You made a blank of which you have heard that is coming and is now already in the world. Now these are, here's how we're supposed to be. Here's how you cannot be duped. You won't fall for any of this stuff, none of it. You cannot be led astray if you have this mentality. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the, the what? Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so, and they were called the Bereans. And you and I need to become students of God's word. That's why... We're in this study so that we not just know the truth, but we can lead people out of the falsehood and the massive amount of deceit that is cranking up, unfortunately, even in the church in these last days. Lead them away from that stuff. It's a demonic trap and a demonic lie. Lord willing, uh, next time we're going to get into the status on world religions and the cults. You know, it's good news that they're all just dying out and fading away. No, they're not. <laughs> they're growing. Because what is one of the trends in the church? Don't teach the Bible no more. I'm not saying this to boast or anything, but by way of example, when's the last time, other than sunrise, please don't misunderstand me, this is not a pride thing, okay? But by way of example, and we're not the only ones, but by and large, this is the trend in the church. When's the last time that you heard a message in any church lately on UFOs? Some of them, it's never. How about uh, the occult? And demons. How about just Bible prophecy? People are being left in the dark. And the cults are having a heyday because people are not being equipped in the scripture. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not 
the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn, we, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it, and a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing 
and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that? right now well this has been pastor billy crone of sunrise baptist church and and get a life ministries and if there's anything that we can do for you uh please don't hesitate uh to contact us uh our number our information will uh come up here on the screen shortly and uh, uh if there's anything we could do for you please don't hesitate to let us know uh thank you for uh joining us and uh remember i hope to see you in heaven god bless